Hello, this is John Renaud, and you're listening to the Mobile Radio Carnival via the CEF.world. Check us out, Uncommon Genius for the Common Types. This is Chris Steven, and you're listening to the Mobile Radio Carnival with your host, John Renault. Hey, man. How you doing? Good, brother. How are you? You there um, now? I, I am. Um... <laughs> yeah, baby. There, yeah. Man. Good to Cheers. finally see you. It's nice to meet you, sir. I've heard you. I've had the beauty of hearing you play, man. Oh, cool, man. I really appreciate that, man. It's uh, It's been great. It's been a great couple of years. I... Um... I've been doing this for a long time, brother. And, uh, you know, I've been doing the indie thing for a super long time. And uh, it was probably like, I, I, you know, it's funny because like money aside, everything aside, I've always just written songs. It's just something that you, you do. In fact, like I love performing. I've done tons of live in my life too, but I really like, uh, the studio environment the best for me it's oh, just interesting like it's, yeah it's like a home place you know it's just always i've been writing since i was a kid now you know i've written hundreds of songs not recorded hundreds of songs but written definitely hundreds of songs and and i was kind of at my wits end brother i was doing i had an 18 song record ready to go right it was like call it call it like two years ago and i was just feeling down because you know so much has changed in the industry and i oh god yeah you know brother and i started thinking to myself am i am i just like taking these 18 songs and just throwing them in the ocean like you know like what's what's the deal these days because who has the uh you know i've got all these songs but it's like who's got the attention span to go through all that stuff these days. That's just my take on it. It seems to me like everybody's kind of like into the single thing. So there was just a lot of doubt. I had a lot of, I really liked the songs. I hated the production. Um, The other thing is, you know, being an indie guy for a long time, I've done tons of recording and stuff like that, but you know, you're limited to your environment pretty much. Um, you know technique technique can make up for a lot of that too but you're limited to your environment so i i don't have a super studio i've got some decent gear and stuff but the production was just suffering brother i'm not an engineer i i write songs and i record and and that's just not i've never been my real department of expertise you know and yeah dude man i'm like sitting on the on my bed totally bummed out because i'm just like i'm like thinking man i'm just gonna ditch this 18 song record like let's just shelf it for now until i figure out what i want to do and it was so weird brother because again being an indie guy you know you got to do a lot of different projects to stay alive right and and, right. and so it was funny man i got this this it was called this just a weird one-off gig but it turned into like a couple year thing where uh i got asked to play bass in an elton john tribute and that's wild it is dude because like like i like elton john i really like it really like the old elton john and it was funny because that's what we were doing we were doing early elton the 70s stuff but i you know what i you know you listen to a mix you listen to the whole song 
you tend not to separate things too much unless you're figuring things out, you know? So I all along, I listen to Elton John stuff. That is brilliant music and stuff, but the bass playing, I had no idea how good D Murray is on the bass. Like if you right. peel back the early Elton stuff and just listen to the bass playing, it's, it's crazy, man. Yeah. So anyways, I showed, I, you know, signed up for this gig and, work my butt off man and and, and yeah, cut the mustard got through man got on there you know and so but anyway the the singer wanted to do a demo uh in the city and stuff and just uh just a promo thing so we went to this uh pretty really decent studio actually in toronto and uh in walks this guy he's the engineer for the session and his name's Michael Jack. And I'd heard of Michael before. I, I'd heard of him because I knew he mixed um, some significant stuff up this way. Rush, things like that. You know, he was at a, a, at a really decent level. Eh? So it was cool. And he was a really cool, straight up guy. We hung out for the session. We did the session and all that stuff. And uh, fast forward, man, like a couple weeks later, I'm on my bed. I'm like bummed out about this record. Oh no! And I get this phone call, and it's Michael Jack, and he says, "Hey man," he says, "Listen, man, I, I I've been checking out your feeds and stuff like that, and listening to some of your tracks." He says, uh, "What are you doing?" And I said, "Oh," and I, so I told him, "I said, yeah, I'm just at my wits' end, man. I'm just I got all these tunes, and I just wish I, I I've always longed for really great production, you know, it's, I guess every musician does, don't they? You know, it's, yeah. it's such a lunch bag letdown, brother, when you pour your heart, and your soul into a song and then you get the song back and you're like, Oh man, it just sounds like, sounds like a demo, you know, right. and I've, I've got that a million times through my musical life. So I, anyway, I told him what was going on and he says to me, says, uh, well, let's do a track. I said, really? He says, yeah, man. He says, let's do a track. I'll produce and mix it and let's see how things go from there. So I said, sure, let's do that. That's great. So I, I had lots of songs to choose from. So I, I, I kind of threw him what I thought was one of my strongest, strongest tunes, you know? Right. And uh, he called me back about a week later and he was just like, having the best time of his life apparently i couldn't believe it man he's like dude man these songs are smoking you got anything more and blah and so we developed this relationship and and now we're about 40 songs along nice, man. this whole yeah. track yeah yeah brother so we've got it's kind of like a little dream come true dude because the, a lot of the songs now have gotten the production they need to kind of set a float and make me feel really happy about the production, you know? So we're getting a lot of that. And, uh, we were, I was going to start releasing like a record and that sort of thing. And then we decided, well, just because of the way that things are out there these days, probably better off, man, just like doing singles or do two at a time, release a couple tracks at a time. And, and that way, you know, the attentions on those tracks as much as can be, and uh and then just kind of keep a drip effect going so you're not just because like i i don't know how you guys feel about that but myself i i just don't know if people are really going through records the way they used to you know like when you i know, was growing up 
it's yeah. funny, man, because the simple truth is I, as you know, with my music, uh, when, when I do my things, I gave up on the idea of albums, uh, some time ago <laughs> for exactly the same reason It's you can clearly see people don't have, you know, good, bad, or ugly. They don't have the attention span for it. And yeah. I also, I also, you know, tend to produce a video, which slows the process down. Like I'll have six songs stacked up and it's like, okay, I got to get a video out. And then I release as a video and then the music is secondary and I, i'm not saying it's a winning strategy i'm saying I, I ended up thinking about things in the same way you're thinking about things because of the yeah. way the world is man and yeah. you are one hell of a songsmith by the way oh, so i, I get so much brother john i <laughs> yeah. appreciate that that really means the world yeah. to me it's 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 just so so it's interesting michael furthered the conversation with me and he says um <clears throat> he says you know I wouldn't name names, he says, but you know, like I'm, I'm really digging this because it's, um, it's earthy and it's real yeah. and there's a real musical sort of <clears throat> creation going on and there's no business involved and there's no one, there's no one really telling us how to do it. There's a lot of, yeah, that's the way to go, man. Well, I, 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 you know, what's funny brother, because like all this stuff was just morphing into that on sort of uh, the course right. it was going on. So I was just kind of rolling with it, but I found that he really enjoyed it because there wasn't somebody holding a gun to his head saying, Oh, you know, we're on the clock here. We got to get right. this out. Or here's a, you know, here's a song that completely goes against your, your inner interests, but it's a business. you got to mix and produce this off you go. Cause I, I'm sure as a producer, mixer, professional guy, you're getting lots of that thrown at you. And that's part and parcel with the job. Sure. You know, you got to mix what comes at you and what work comes your way, you know, but I think Michael was having a really good time or is having a good time just with the fact that we've got this, uh, very sort of um, selfless, no money involved, very right. earthy, creative thing going. And he's wonderful to bounce stuff off of because, you know, as you say, Songsmith, trying to do all of this on your own, it's like, it, it's so hard to play producer too, right, brother? Like It like, is. So you, know, you listen is. to yourself back and you try to do your best at that. But man, it's like someone else walks in even my wife walks in with a fresh set of ears and goes, Oh, you know what? I, why don't you try that or something? It could be a one. Yeah. And you think, Oh yeah. my God, you know, and yeah. so you, how did I not catch that? Yeah. I missed that thing, one. Right? I missed that. It's funny, man, because I, I, uh, I don't tend to produce my own stuff anymore. And at yeah. first it was weird because I was, I was a control freak and you know, with the internet and all, I can do tracks and send them off to a producer in New York or a producer here in LA. I don't even visit their studio. I just send them my tracks yeah. with a couple Tech notes. And the technology. first thing I, yeah, but the first thing I had to do was go, okay, I'm not sitting in the studio with them. So I can't micromanage the, the final mix, just okay. relax and see what they bring back. And yeah. once I realized that it was no longer in my control, really like, yeah. Yeah, it be it became better actually because I could hear what they heard that I didn't pay attention to. Yeah, and then, and then they flush that out, and you're like, "Damn, that that sounds better than I would have done anyway." It's like giving it's like giving the song a life, right? It's like it it, yeah. it, it, it just develops this life on its own, and you know. But I I think with what you're saying too, John, like just to to add to that, I think it's so important to 
to have it in the right hands, uh, you know, and it's, it's interesting. You say that, you know, like not having control over your music, that's a very delicate thing. It is, especially you being the writer and you have this vision of how this song should go. And, you know, you kind of, if you had to gamble on the way the song should go, if the guy who's writing it says, well, it should go this way, that's kind of what you would gamble. I would gamble on that right. and say, yeah, that's that's the way to do it. Who has, who's ever got the vision, run with the vision, you know? But it's interesting yeah. that uh, I, I have worked with several producers and engineers along the way. And it's, you know, there's, it's all been great, but just it, it hasn't been to this um, sort of level ever in terms well, of it's professional. It's funny, man, because because yeah. I was rolling through some of your stuff last night to Thanks, man. to talk to. Yeah. And it, it's so fascinating. I, I want to first off, before we go too much further, sure. let's 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 put in one of your one of your tunes. So the awesome, uh, audience. Will get, yeah, they'll get what we're talking about. And I wanted to start with Hell to Pay because it's one of the first songs we ended up putting on Pluto. Well, thanks, man. And that's the first song that uh, Michael Jack and I did. So that's just perfect, brother. Oh, that's fantastic. Great. So we'll put that we'll put that on right now and then we'll come back and talk. Cheers. That's great, John. Thanks, brother. Cool.
hey, dude, that song I dig the hell out of. I put it up on Pluto. It was, uh, it it was, uh, you know, it was funny because I think you uh, kind of contacted us and basically said, hey, man, I got some vibe that you guys could be interested in. Yeah, and it's, it's funny because I, I I get being the guy who sorts through a lot of the uh, the emails. <laughs> yeah, I get yeah. I get that from like two thousand people a day, right? I'm sure you. I was gonna say I'm sure you guys yeah. just get slammed with tunes yeah, and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I'll never forget. I, I I was like, oh sure, buddy, sure. And I emailed you back, and I'm like, well, send us some some tunes. And oh, you did yeah. did, and I go, oh my god, here's the first guy who actually said that. That, <laughs> that stands the test man it, it was <laughs> Thanks, fun man. my brother Thanks, yeah, it was man. Fun. Well, you know what it's, it's been you guys have been really kind to me and i really appreciate all the support it's just it's uh you know like yourself being in being an indie guy it's you yeah. know you really are standing on your own and if you can get any support the one thing i really like about pluto is i i, I gotta say i really like the um just the eclectic sort of yeah. vibe and just the, because, you know, I know we're going to spin a track, but just to c- quickly say like, um, you know, being a songwriter like yourself, you know, you, like right. I always find if I was, let's, let's say brother, I was going to write like 10, tr- 10 tracks. Right. And they were all going to be sculpted a certain way in certain style. That's, you know, whatever that is, that's cool. But that's just, you know, for me, that's like a uh, very calculated, you know, but being a songwriter, I always find, right. holy man, the gamut of, of styles that comes out, it's kind of tricky, yeah. right, brother. So it's like yeah. you come out with something heavy here and then something poppy here or something punky yeah. here. And all of a sudden it's like, are people even going to, get this because we're kind of engineered especially on the commercial level to accept a certain genre you know whereas you know i i've always fought that and thought that's that's crap man yeah that's the way i always thought about it like yeah there's no heart and soul in like this like this is like we're really pumping in all that 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 good stuff into this music so it's really ripe off the tree it's not synthesized and marketed right. it's really it's really earthy and raw so anyway well it's funny too man because the, you're you're so on the mark with that that but that's the strength that you end up having being a person in the independent realm or even being like me yeah. where i don't consider that i was ever successful in music and i may never be in my lifetime of course they're going to find out like i'm van gogh after i'm gone but, <laughs> right on. but, but it's, it's their loss <laughs> exactly but, the, but this, the, the strength actually comes from being able to go fuck it man i'm going to do what i want to do I, I like this song yeah. this way yeah you know, brother it's funny because, you know, we, yeah. we heard a hell to pay already, but I'm going to put on all we bleed in a little bit because it, exactly that, because you got like this cool funk vibe, but it's still rock and roll oh. at the same time. Oh, that's so I cool, brother. Up, oh, well, man, like I, I said, up, I, I can't thank you enough for liking the tunes and spinning the tracks. And, oh my God, you know, yeah. brother, it's just like, there's lots coming too, man. So hopefully this is, you know, the start of a good thing, brother, you know? Yeah, it definitely will be. It, it's, it's cool because I was listening to that tune last night too. And I thought, man, there's a little bit of like cooper style in this that i didn't hear on like hell to pay and and it's exactly what you're talking about it's still you it's still your music it's still your brand but the simple truth is it, it you you you're carrying more depth 
than a lot of people who just have like a myopic view on what they do. Oh, well, thanks, brother. They yeah. checked, you know, like if I guess if I could cross relate it to anything influential wise, right, I would definitely be along the lines of Iggy and Bowie. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. For the, uh, for the, like, a, you know, there's lots more things too, but I just mean in terms of like, you know, you ever see how David Bowie, it's like, yeah, you know, the gamut of material that he yeah. covered, you could yeah. tell that he was a very much a draw, a Attempting to be an artist about it instead of somebody going, oh, I'm going to write a pop record or I'm going to write yeah. a, a punk. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that either, but I'm just not that kind of writer. I can't say, you know, oh, I'm going to write 10 tracks and they're going to be hard rock and up tempo right. and they're going to be, you know, maybe somebody's gifted at that, but I'm definitely not. I'm definitely a one by one songwriter um, for what yeah, that's too. worth. So, you know, sometimes they come out this way, sometimes they come out that way. Right. So, yeah. yeah and I, you know, I'm with you. I'm, I'm from Detroit. So I, uh, mm-hmm. I'm a huge uh, Iggy fan. I'm a huge Bowie fan. Yeah. Not that Bowie was from Detroit, but he loved Detroit. absolutely uh, yeah you know it's funny man i ended up doing a film because i'm an actor as well i did a film with ron ashton wild uh, awesome brother yeah it was it's it's a schlocky kind of uh very fun low budget thing called mosquito (laughs) awesome that's my i love it i ended up with these two really cool scenes with ron ashton and uh (laughs) it was just so surreal being with the guy you know the guitar guru and he's kind of you know he's kind of an aging frumpy park ranger (laughs) And I'm thinking, dude, why do you want to be an actor? I never asked him, but he, he, he really loved it. He really dug it. And he, I guess that's one of the things he wanted to do in life. And, but he, yeah, that's it's just, great. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's, that's, I love people like that who just, just go for it, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Work it out later. Right. The details. It's uh, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. The, the movie is a cult classic by the way. And uh, it, because it had Gunnar Hansen in it. So I don't know if that attracted him to it or what. Is was, that right? Yeah. It was a ton of fun to do. We're running around the woods in Michigan with these big puppet mosquitoes chasing us. And Oh, you gotta was... send me some, you gotta send me like a link where I gotta see I this will, thing. Man. I gotta I see. Yeah. Oh it's, yeah. It's, it's very cool. And you'll see, you'll see the young John Renaud at work as an actor and, uh, awesome, man. Yeah. But it's cool stuff. And like, like I say, we're talking about like depth and range and, you know, Ron Ashton obviously had a, a sound with his guitar and he was quite competent at what he did. I yep. mean, he's considered yep. within the top 40 guitar players of all time. Awesome. And, man. uh, you know, it's just like, it's it's letting those people influence you being from, well, the Midwest back in the day, which, puts us pretty close to where you're at in the, in the same yeah. way, you know, you're going to yeah. get a lot of the same influences that, that I experienced. So we really cool. got a lot of things, brother, from anything from Detroit and New York, we got tons yeah. of yeah. where we were growing up and, and quite a bit from Los Angeles too. quite a bit of Hollywood right. stuff trickled in too. But, uh, and you know, there's also a lot of Texas blues influence up here and there's a lot of country. There's a lot of really, it's great up here. I love it. I mean, I, I, I love the United States for the fact that I think conceptual, I think the United States when it comes to like acting and music and things like that i think they're a lot more opportunistic here like there's a lot of great talent here but i might even just be population size of the country right um i find a lot of canadian artists 
sort of do end up gravitating towards the United States, you yeah. know, from even Rush did back in their day. They were played by, I think there was a DJ and was it Pittsburgh or something? There was a DJ that was really hot on Rush, you know, and he's playing this band from Mississauga, Toronto right. area. And all of a sudden they're on tour with Kiss, right? So yeah. it was, it's, you know, it's kind of like that. There's a lot of opportunity in the States that, that I find, not, might not necessarily be in Canada, you know, which is kind of sad, but it is the truth, you know, just the way it goes. But yeah, I got a, I got no, I got a buddy who said the same thing. He's from uh, the east coast of Canada. He's actually yeah. a, a jazz guy. He does crooning, yeah. and uh, he, you know, he's still good. He's, I guess, he's kind of a um, somewhat of a star in Canada, but you know, he's not really so much here. You know, which is no measure of his talent, but he said the same thing. He's like, John, I got to kind of come here because there's, yeah. he doesn't really describe it as a, a glass ceiling, but that's kind of what he's talking about. I forget how he phrases it. Yeah. But, you know, and it makes sense. I think there's just, there's more of an abundant um, opportunity available for people. You're still panning for gold, man. I mean, it's, yeah, like brother. So, and I think, yeah, and I think it's like, okay, so say you're an independent musician, you you have very low budget. So your your one good thing, if you have some some hopefully decent product music wise, some some decent art to 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 share out there, hopefully radio stations and, and people are going to try to pick up that music. So it gets to a bit of a higher level and it gets the circulation that hopefully it deserves, yeah. you know, and, and I find that, you know, I'm not sure what it's like in your, I can kind of guess in your neck of the woods and any other neck of the woods, it must be like this. You get to a certain point with corporate radio yeah. where they're not willing to ever take a chance on anything unless it's already signed sealed and delivered and touring or whatever the deal is there's a certain hardship about um getting your music circulated as an independent musician so i find the eclectic radio stations that what i even almost call the real radio the last of the real radio stations right. the, almost the pirate radio you know where it's like we're really they're they're just as original as the the independent musicians creating the music you know there's that there's a connection there that is so cool and so well, it's, it's so yeah. funny because the truth is uh, in my thought the reason that pluto radio should be interesting to musical types is exactly that it's 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 created to have its own personality a, a very human personality by the way opposed to programmed feel and yeah. it, it, it's 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 malleable to different things and it isn't it's it's outside of the way corporate radio works i worked in detroit i'm out in la now but i, I worked mm -hmm. in detroit mm -hmm. radio back in the day mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. detroit had like five rock stations and they were all programmed from the same company in georgia you know oh, yeah. so you're John. like what what the fuck man no wonder oh, i'm here dude, we have to heaven. yeah oh, it's crazy we have a laugh, brother. Like there's there's one station, whole oh, name names, but there's a station in Toronto. Dude, man, you can put on the station as soon as that song comes on. As soon as that song is over, switch to another station, this other particular station. Guaranteed, all yeah. day long, they're playing the same tracks. Yeah. So it just kind of shows you that 
I mean, I guess, you know, they, everything has its place. If there, if there's a place for that, that kind of music, that, that, you know, that type of radio, great. I'm not going to yeah. knock it. It is what it is, but I find that, I'm not interested in that kind of I don't know who radio be, station myself, <laughs> both musically and just just me trying to solicit and get my stuff out there. For yeah. me, I'd totally much rather have a fellow like you playing the songs, John, yeah. than it going through that sort of thing. Cause I I have such a bad taste of the corporate thing. So do I. I just I I just I, yeah you know I'd rather just do it the way that it's being done right now. It's so good. But yeah. in Canada, there there are some indie stations, and and I am on quite a few. It's just I find in the U.S. there just might even just be population, or I don't know, or just just opportunistic um sort of outlook i don't know what it is brother but there's a lot more uh stations that i'm on or so seemingly on right now in the u.s as opposed to canada so i'm rolling with it and i'm you having know, a wonderful I time yeah. i might i might guess that has to do with your um rock and roll style your your performance style well, thanks, more man. so than okay. anything else i think okay. you're, you're you're like if i heard which I have, I've heard like all of your catalogs, I've heard a full spectrum of your, your sound. The thing is, is you sound just like a, a rock band, right? There's no, there's no like, oh, he sounds like he's from another country. He sound you sound, you blend right in because you're- Oh, your vibe, thanks brother. Yeah, your okay. vibe is so solid. I don't think anyone's gonna ever make, and not to say that bands from Canada sound like they're from Canada, but I'm just saying your vibe is so energetic. <laughs> In a oh, rock and roll thanks, way, man. that that's yeah. what's being responded to would be my guess. We oh, that's, well, I think that's very cool of you to say that, and I think yeah. that I I think in hindsight, I think a lot of that is true because there there is um, there is definitely there's definitely a lot of Canadian talent in the U.S. circulating. Yeah, absolutely, but at the same time, there is definitely I would go as far as agreeing with you and saying there is definitely. A, a certain kind of vibe or sound with a lot of Canadiana music, or or at least the stuff that gets played on the big level. Well, it, certain, it bl I think know. it blends a little more into roots rock or folk. Yeah, rock or it, it, not that it generally, you know, overall is. It's just there's a there's an undercurrent to it that's that's slightly less like American in your face rock and roll is all I'm trying to say. Cause the I British think you're absolutely right, brother. I, I, I do agree. There is something there. It's more earthy. It's more folky. It's more, um, oh, yeah. almost you listen to yeah, like almost East there's the East coast has a, like a real certain, uh, certain sound, you know? And, yeah. And, and, and whereas in the U S like, I remember my brother's a pro drummer and we grew up playing, we started gigging when we were like 15, 16 in the bars. I remember we used to right. have to get our parents had to sign the permission. Pro <laughs> yeah. Permission notes, man, for us to play, dude, I swear to God. But it was, uh, but I remember back in the day, we were so into American big rock and roll, right. you know, from kiss to Motley to just all of that whole gamut of 70s 80s yeah. rock and roll that came out of the usa and england too we were really 
just brought up on so much of that stuff. So I guess when it comes to osmosis, when it comes to bringing back, if you're creating and you're sort of creating from, you know, we're all creating from a template, so to speak. And, uh, you know, you don't intentionally ever borrow or rip anything off, but you definitely like I know I can feel when I write a song, sometimes I can feel the influence in it. Oh, that's that's kind of yeah. got like a Bowie vibe to it, or oh, that's got a that's even got a Stones vibe, or although that's got an ACDC kind of thing going on to it. Because that's just all bands that seriously impacted my life, right? Yeah. So well, I it's guess kind of like some, it's, it's yeah. kind of like language, right? Like my accent comes from being around the things that I'm around. Your accent comes from being around the people that are talking to you. And so yep. it's the same thing is you're you're listening to this stuff that you gravitate to or your friends do or your parents do or whatever it is, but you're kind of picking up the nuance because of it, because of your, what you're surrounded by. That's what you're talking oh, about. For sure. like that kind of influence. And yeah, I think that that's to the point, that's what brings you to have this, um, it's a really well articulated rock and roll. I mean, it's not, it's, you know, you say Motley Crude, to me, they're a little like more general with their, their work. Your work has a lot more like rock hookiness to it. Oh, thanks brother. well, There's the groove, but it's still hooking you all along. And it's not like you're laying down and just, just cheating through by, you know, Oh, okay, I'm just going to play this through. It just feels like you're 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 making a statement the entire. Oh, thank you so much, brother. Yeah. Well, it's it's it comes from, definitely comes from the heart and the soul, you know, as much as it can be honest. And you know, I it's it's funny. Like I remember being in high school, a eh, brother, and and you know, had these friends that were into say Iron Maiden and right. Judas Priest and bands of that nature. And I was too, but I would go home and go in, into my basement and throw on my stereo and, and by myself, because God forbid anybody knew, John, oh, no. <laughs> I, would listen, I would listen to a Stray Cats record, right? Oh, and no, like, man. Because, you know, Not the Stray, Stray Cats, Cats, like, brother. you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like you don't do. want to tell this because this buddy here, he's into Metallica. And if, if you're yeah. caught playing anything but, you're going to yeah. get ostracized by your friends. Right. So I was always like, I always, and I always thought in my mind, why do we, why do we put those boundaries on ourselves? Yeah. Like I, I just kind of, if I like a song, I don't care, man, if it's yeah. from like 1920 or if it's from yesterday, if I really like it, I like it. Should, it should, it should yeah. there be something wrong with that? You know, no, and, it's true. It's so true what you're saying, because it's like in it, you know, in my realm, it's definitely like the metal heads that do it more than anyone that I personally know where they're just like, that's, that's a style of music. And again, I think it's cool music, but yeah. it's a style of music that they'll listen to. And then that's, that's like, they'll, that's all they want to really let in because they dig it so much. And yeah. it's like, I'm the same way as you. It's like, dude, I'll hang out in the room with you while you're listening to that. But when I go home, I might listen to, you know, the stray cats as well. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's cool because it's about the emotion, emotion changes, man. And, and I don't want to go through life with just rage yeah man and and and, you know. and and flavor and texture and and all that stuff and vibe right it's like like yeah. i love rock i'm a huge rockabilly fan 
but at the same time, I love old priest just as much hey, as the next hey, metal had, you know. Hey, brother, hang on one second. Just hang yeah, on one second. Yeah, I, sure. I, I got to take a quick break. You know what we're going to do? We're going to play one of your songs. We're going to put on All We Bleed, and I'll be right back. <laughs> right on, All right, brother. brother. Hang on. All right. See, now you're going to feel cheated, man. I used your song to take a break. <laughs> I used your song. What a cheat, man. But that's a great song. We Thanks, all bleed. Man. We all bleed, baby. Yeah, it's cool. It's funky. This is the one I was saying. It, it has like, it felt a little like Cooper to me in a way. Oh, cool, man. We, we yeah. had a lot of fun doing this one. It was, uh, it's so funny, eh, brother. And like, I'll come down to the studio and, you know, just check out what 
you know, everything's in chunks, right? Like I had yeah. a good friend of mine. Thank God for this friend of mine a long time ago. He was he's such an incredible jazz player and still great friends. But I remember he said to me one day, I mean, it sounds silly, right? But he said to me, he says, record everything, man. That's <laughs> I'm funny. Like, I'm like, what do you mean record everything? He said, just, dude, just record everything because you never know when you're going to pull something out and go, whoa, put that with that and that with that, right? You know, and and so I, I listened to him and I ended up, I've, I've got droves of riffs, like riff after riff on my computer. Yeah. So I guess I, how I kind of morph it, I don't know how, how other artists do it. And everybody I'm sure has got their own thing, right, brother? But I, like, I kind of just, you know, I'll come in on the studio and check out a couple of them and, you know, something sparks, I'll kind of like, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, you, you continue the train, right? So this one started out, I just got the verse, verse done and the intro all yeah. of a sudden the, the chorus showed up today. So you're inching things forward all the time. Right. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just, uh, you know, it's, yeah, that, it's that funny. came together quick. It's funny because when you say that, it reminds me lately, the last year or so, when I write lyrics, I'll have I'll have like the base of the song put together because I don't play instruments well. So I'm going to have to have, you know, someone else redo the guitar or someone play the lead in the guitar. But I'll, I'll put down the bass tracks with the rhythm and the whole thing and I'll, I'll start writing the, the song and then I'll go back to it and I'll go, screw it. I'm just going to put a microphone down. I'm going to pull up GarageBand or yep. logic and i'm just gonna sing whatever comes to mind oh man and i am shocked i'm shocked brother how many times it's like you know what i just wrote a freaking song and i go oh, back the yeah. next day and i just change Dude. a thing or two and i'm like this must be what it's like to be a guitar player like where yeah, you're just it's... you're just putting it down you're putting it down you're feeling it but you've learned your instrument so well it just kind of drips out it's so funny eh? i remember yeah. i remember uh Michael Jackson did say this in an interview. He was talking about writing music and he said he said that uh it shows up when it wants to. Exactly. So in other words, I guess that's why I have a little bit of a, a notch in my side about writing a 10-song record of a certain nature. Again, right there could be writers out there that are really great at that and it is sincere and it's just the style they write. So I don't want to insult anybody, but I mean, no, I'm with you on that. You know, when you're not, you know, when things are, are organic and real like that, it's just, I, I don't know, man, it's just, you know, you, you can't top that to me. You can't top that feeling, you know, but it's just a shame to me that people put those boundaries on themselves and they don't open up. Yeah. And let themselves just like what they want to like, you know, we because it's still, have... it's still going to be them though. You know what I mean? You're not, I'm not going to be able to change. It's still my voice when I'm singing. It's still yeah. the way that I've learned to interpret things. Now I, I might evolve in five years and, and, and look and, and, and sing completely different, but chances are it, it's, I'm, my voice will still be the through line. Your, your, you know, uh, guitar work is going to be a through line. We're going to recognize because it's a developed talent. It's not like you're a kid who just learned how to do basic chords yeah. and that's what's being thrown down. Right. Yeah. 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 There's definitely, uh, there's, there's all of that experience that comes along with it too. But you know, I, I find that, uh, like, as you just said, just letting it come out, 
Yeah. Man, is that ever a funny process, eh? Because sometimes, you know, I come down here and I'll, and I'll you know, I always kind of do it like that, even with the guitar. And sometimes right. just coming up with jack shit, you know, and it's, yeah. just, it's just, and you're sitting there and you're trying and you're trying. Yeah. And it's like, God, yeah. man, this is not, you know, it's just not coming. And sometimes I'm a stubborn guy. Sometimes I'll sit there for hours, man, and yeah. try to riff out something. And it's just like, how long, how many years have I been doing this? And when am I going to learn that? Just, just yeah. walk away, man. When it's like that, walk away because you know, I'll it, come it's, down the next day and all of a sudden, man, it's just yeah. like, you can't screw up. It's just coming out yeah. of you. Like, Oh my God, press record. It's just dripping out. So I'm a firm believer that it's not mine. I'm a firm Dude, believer yeah. in there. There's something, yeah, I can play guitar day in, day out with the techniques I've learned and and and, and all that sort of stuff and write music and, and sing and all that stuff. But it's like I just find that that creative thing, you you can't own it, eh? It just no. shows up when it yeah. wants, some days more than others. It's such an interesting it, thing, man. The art of it seems to be the true art of it. In, in the context of what we're talking about, it seems to be a shamanistic thing where you have to, you have to be able to improvise with, with this, this thing that comes to you. And oh, you you yeah, have to man. express it, right? You have to yeah. take it and mold it a little bit and not get in the way yeah. of what it's supposed to be. It's yeah, really true to be the case. It, and trust yeah. it, right, brother? And trust yeah. it as it's a unveiling itself because that's another huge one that i've always found like if anything yeah. stifles like if i'm in a mode and creative mode it's all coming out if something ever stifles it's always when the intellect comes in man when i'm when i'm really being instinctive about what i'm doing it almost kind of some songs will come out in five minutes it's like oh my god i can't exactly. believe i just blew that out of my brain i can't believe that and then other yeah. songs it's like three years later <laughs> and you're still yeah. trying to get the the lyrics on it or something you know it's just it's so funny how that works man but i find a it lot is. of the time if i'm getting intellectually lost in a song yeah. that one's going on the shelf man if i can somehow tap into that special thing where you just let it breathe it seems to come out on its own you know but uh, it does because I, again that's it's like like you say to breathe and relax and go oh that's you got to kind of see it or hear it on its own and then use it I don't know. It's one of those things. There's this yeah. old old school '60s mentality of this thing called the cosmic cloud, which is there's all these these ideas that float in this ether, right? And it's available to all of us. The same ideas. That's why in human history, supposedly, you know, so many people come up with the same idea at the same time of evolution. And it, it's the idea or the thinking was in this uh, this book that I read about it. Uh, sure, sure, man. Cosmic the cosmic cosmic consciousness is available yep. for everyone at any time. Now, I don't know if I really believe that, but it sure feels like it's some of the times when I just have these things granted to me by the universe. It's interesting. And, and, and I find that I think all the above what you're saying, brother, I think, I think the, where, where we stand to have a drawback or a setback in that process is we, <clears throat> we at least me speaking i know that it's more so that i just don't know how to dial in it i i'm i'm right. either dialed in man 
or I'm just not getting in right now. It's one of those things, right? Yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I wish there was a power and understanding where I could come down to the studio and say, you know, I'm throwing oh, the I, switch. I wanna, yeah. I want to do this. <laughs> I want to do that. I want to do this, but it's so weird how it, it is. Just, yeah. You know, it just comes out on its own when it wants to, all you kind of have to do is be, the nurse right and kind of sculpt yeah. it and let it make sure that it sees the light of day that's what i find at least but i mean yeah you know, that's that's pretty heavy right and you know that's i'm not sure what other artists think and i don't want to speak for other artists because i really oh, yeah, don't we're know not. how they feel or how exactly they think, no but, you know. no we get it i mean I, we're only talking about our experiences i'm and we're not, and i'm not saying everyone has to do anyone has to do anything my way i i'm, I'm the last person in the world to press myself upon another person but mm -hmm. there are days in the scenarios that we're, you're you're talking about where i'll just grab my laptop and go sit down in a microphone and you know the people in my realm will go hey what are you doing we were having a conversation i'm going hey dude I, I, if i don't get this now it's, it's gonna it's not gonna be available to me anymore it will go away yeah it does doesn't it hence my special yep. friend that said record yep. everything man right because yep. like i like i don't know how you are johnny but i i have the worst memory brother like my short-term memory is cooked yeah. so for me it's like if I'm not going to record this in the next 15 it minutes, it goes away, man. It goes it's away. It's gone. Yeah. See you I, later. And I, I can't what? tell you how many yeah. times I've said, man, that's the greatest freaking idea. And I'm going to hold it in my head with this technique that I have to do that. <laughs> and then two days later, I go to sit down and I'm like, I have no fucking idea what that was. <laughs> it was the greatest idea I never had. Exactly. It's the, it's the greatest idea I will never forget. Wait a minute. I forgot it. It's nuts, man. I know it's nuts. That's, but you know, that's, you know, I guess another thing is there are a lot of pluses to being an indie player, right? Yeah. You know, that's I mean, a huge strength, man. Technology has really come a long way too. I remember for years that was a part and parcel yeah. of the whole thing was we had to go to yeah. a recording studio and we had to pay an hourly rate. And it was like, just for getting a, anything done, it was, you know, a few thousand dollars. And that's yep. a lot of money, as you know, to artists, that's a lot of money, man. So how often can you can you do that? So yeah. thank God, man, I got this recording studio. It's not much, but it definitely gets the job done. No, I think, I think microphones you, I, and all yeah. that stuff to, to get it done. Right. So it's, yeah. it's definitely a blessing in the sense of, of, yeah, I guess you can't, um, go, Hey, I got an idea, grab a microphone and a laptop and do it 20 years ago, 35 years ago. You know, know, you you had I to know. write it out and figure out a way to maintain the song, and then you had to express it to another person to help you with it. Oh, yeah. in, in your case, I mean, do you? I, I wanted to ask you about this. Actually, I just I just this reminded me of it. So when cool. you record, do you yeah. do the guitars, the bass. Who does the drums for you? Do you play the drums as well? I do the drums. I do the bass. I do the guitars. Nice. And then uh, Michael Jack, our producer, uh, he'll come in. And he does a lot of the backups and things like that. I do a lot of the backups too, but he'll blend like to, so it's not all one voice. He'll blend his nice. back backups in and stuff. So yeah, essentially brother, I do everything. And uh, I really, I mean, I am a, wholeheartedly a band guy have always been, and just love having 
being part of a team is just a wonderful feeling for me. Um, right. The problem is we're not in a cover band or a tribute band. I, I do play in those other types of bands, but that's specifically for specifically for money reasons, you know, whereas this, right. this is, this is not money. This is wholehearted, you know, putting your soul on the line, giving it all you got, hope, hoping for success. Sure. But definitely not, not anticipating massive world success, man, but just getting the right. music out there properly, you know, so there's no budget. So the problem is, is there's some great guys I've run with some real pros. I, I would love to have them in here, but I don't have 250 bucks to give somebody to come in and cut bass for me today. Or, you know, there's just, there's just, that's that kind of thing. It's funny that, that's almost how I morphed into what I do is just the fact right. that there was never been a budget. And so I started recording my own. I had my own recording studio probably about 15 years ago. I started with that. So I got out of the recording studios and all that stuff and invested in my own and, you know, as decent as I could make it and started just recording demos and was terrible at it. And then just uh, never stopped and never stopped and never stopped going to the University of YouTube, right? And checking right. out how this guy mixes and what this guy's got to say. And and I've got some pro mixing friends, too, that have gone really far. So I was able to pick their brains about some things, too. So, you know, along the way, just as like yourself, you get you get better at things, you polish things up. So. I'm really glad that uh, I've got this set up and can do all that on my own. I would love to have a band do it. And in the past, what I've done is to play live and things like that. I've, I've basically put bands together to do that. So as you know, with the COVID thing, I don't know what the situation is now. I mean, if things go away and we start playing live again, then I'll do just that. I'll get a band going and we'll go out and play and all that sort of stuff. Right. But yeah, as far as recording goes, it's just, there's just no budget there, brother. So I ended up doing everything on my own and, uh, you know, I'm not the best bass player in the world or the best drummer, but, uh, or the best singer for that matter, or guitar player, but try to do my best at really you know crafting the song to the best it can be you know well i think it's i i think it's cool that you can do it all uh being a guy who you know i became a singer basically because i was oh well i play keyboards oh i don't play keyboards quite as well as that fellow does oh i'll try bass oh you know yeah. i'm pretty good at bass but jesus yeah. that guy can do it like he's thinking uh <laughs> yeah. guitar i could never really manage it's and so, so true that yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, so I, i'm like well fuck if i sing at least i can just say hey man that's my style lay off yeah, brother, man. You, no, you know, it's so true. It's so true, buddy. And you know, live when it comes to live, my whole life I've been a guitar player, singer. That's and mostly a guitar player, really. Right. But, I mean, that's my true love. But I, but I, you know, I sing and play, and I've done that all my life. So when I'm on stage, and I'm playing about five different acts, right? So when, when we're doing that stuff, it's always guitar and singing, pretty much. You know, except yeah. for one act, I play in a a really fun and cool ACDC tribute. We're, uh, Oh, nice, man. I think we're one of the biggest in Canada. We're called hell's bells. Yeah. And we've played, we've played a lot of big shows and toured and stuff like that. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. I just do the Angus, uh, 
in that band. Nice, right? man. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a real, I'm, but I'm six feet tall. So I'm a really tall. Yeah. <laughs> Angus. Right. But uh, boy, do we have fun, man, doing that. And that, you know what, dude, that has really upped my playing in the last 10 years playing that stuff. Holy crap, man. Just, uh, it's funny how you never stop learning, you know, and it's true, man, dude, playing all Angus's leads note, like really shooting to do them note for note, Yeah, man, that, that, how can that not improve you? You know, no, you're right, man. You're absolutely right. It's like learning from a master. The guy's an unbelievable guitar player. And and so, you know, people will say, oh, he's sloppy or he's no, no, he's not as that good. You know what? I I try to do his solo. Exactly. (laughs) And and it's it's rock and roll, too. So he did. Try to play like Angus. Yeah, he did quite okay on his own. He doesn't need coaching. You know what I find, brother? I find too. It's the interesting thing about rock and roll. Is it? And I, I, well, I guess it's in all styles. But you think of Jagger, think of uh, guys like that. It's like you're so allowed to also yeah. simultaneously uh, sculpt a personality, yeah. stylists. I guess we would call them right. I, I love that. I think there's a genius in stylists too. You know that that because I mean, really, you know, can this person has, you know, a certain, certain range in their voice where this person can outsing them by a mile with their range and all this stuff. But this person who has a limited range also might have a ton of personality and individuality that they're sinking into that, that voice that I, in my opinion, almost overcomes the, the serious range. And I agree completely, man. That's yeah. what makes rock and roll is the voice. Yeah, and, and, brother. And, yeah. and it also, that also applies to Angus. I mean, you, it's, it's a guitar player. It does the same thing. Yeah. You know, where, Page, Jimmy Page yeah. and Angus, yeah. like the sw- I would call it swagger, brother. The yeah. swagger that's in those guys playing yeah. is just genius it's unbelievable yeah. it's it's the glue in the songs in so many ways that they play you know and uh yeah you can call it sloppy like i had, I had a friend of myself oh jimmy page yeah he's a great guitar player but if you really peel back his stuff it's it's kind of sloppy it's like well yeah but i think it was intentionally that way i well, think plus, it was plus that's man. rock and roll man the thing, yeah, of course. And, and the thing is, is, yeah, you have that luxury to do that 40 years after the fact. This fucker was inventing stuff. Yeah, you know what, dude? So well said, man. It's like, yeah, he's the one of the pioneers of all yeah. that stuff. So, yeah, you've got now you've sat in your bedroom for 10 years and played exactly. all those licks. <laughs> and now, yeah, you're analyzing. You, the only reason you can even make that analyzation is because Jimmy Page was there. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You're comparing yeah. you're comparing him to Hendrix and you're comparing him to Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. And you're comparing yeah. him to all of these people who were obviously gifted beyond belief with an instrument. Oh, it's so original and so made for the time that they exactly. lived. Eh? Exactly. You know? and yeah. Yeah. And there were there was limitations on recording. You know, Hendrix was working on an eight track, if I remember correctly. Oh, I'm sure he was. And I mean, so there's limitations. Back, dude, I was watching a uh a documentary on Les Paul. If you want to yeah. talk about guitar player uh, and an inventor, like yeah. 
he literally invented the multi-track studio. It's yeah. like, it's insane. He was, there's uh, this particular documentary I was watching. There's, there's photos of him in his garage. He's got his yeah. garage. So no car in the garage, but he's got a complete recording studio in the garage. And he's, you could tell he's just like a, a scientist in a laboratory, just trying to find these things out, you know, and, Absolutely. and he, you know, he invented so much that we took from, and now we've got, you know, you go onto your software and you've got exactly. unlimited tracks like that. But that, yeah, as you and say, you have, that, you, that have, all you, came have from somewhere. you also have plugins that do what Les Paul did back then. Oh, I want to I want to sound like Les Paul. It's as simple as, you know, throwing a switch at that point, or I want to sound like Hendrix. You have plugins that give you their sound. Yeah. And yeah. you didn't, they didn't have that. I met a guy who was out here in California and I think it was golden studios or, I forget the name of the studio. I forget his name actually, but he was an old timer and uh, he used to go to this bar that I went to and, and he would, he invented the reverb that basically was the Californian sound for 10 years because he, and he explained, he goes, we had to buy a building next to us and we put like an old uh, half water um, bell in there. It was like 20 feet you know, in diameter and, and they had to raise it up off the ground and they would put a mic, uh, they would put the speaker into that and then they would, you know, <sighs> record. Yeah. And, and he's like, and then we had to figure out ways to mute the, the reverb or make the reverb less. And they would put stuff against the oh outside wall. It's insane. It, yeah. And we get to take it for granted, man. It's just rolling a switch. You oh, know, it's insane, it, yeah. brother. I know there was, yeah. it's funny you say that because you just reminded me of, there was a, uh, there was a Buddy Holly documentary I meant, I once watched where they were talking about that same thing, how they were yeah. getting the reverbs off the, off the vocals and, and off the guitars and things like that. And the same thing, they had to put it in a long, like a room and record yeah. it. Cause they're actually going for room reverb, right? Yeah. There was, it was, it was, you know, not a plug-in <laughs> like yeah. now, right? But uh, yeah, the singers, incredible. you know, imagine, I, I think I read something about the sun uh, days of Elvis Presley and they would have, you know, th those were mono recordings. So the band, they would have to set the drums you know, 20 feet back, they would have to mix by actually physically moving people to spots that were the mix. It was like they were doing the whole thing right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So no post-production, just, just, yeah. yeah, right there. And then, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they'd have to move, you know, Elvis had to come closer. No, you're too close in the mix. You got to step back a foot to sing this song. So it's mixed in when we record it. And you're like, fuck, that's a whole different way of thinking about everything. <laughs> oh, dude, I remember it was like, was it, it was Maybelline, I think, or it was Chuck Berry was same thing. Like Chuck yeah. Berry was doing one of his tracks, but it was like 64 takes. And that's why they would do that. <laughs> 64 takes. Yeah. To nail it. Dude, dude, man, when we gig, if we gig, let's say I've done tons of gigs at three 45 minute sets, let's just call it. Right. That's, that's like, you know, at the end of giving your voice. Yeah. For three forty-fives, you know you're okay. You you can do it again, but you know your voice is tired, man. You know, so yeah. imagine sixty-four times. That's the thing. That's why you have all those That's Beatles. Crazy, yeah, man. You, you have all those different versions of Beatles songs because they, the same type of thing. They were limited to four tracks for for yeah. most of what they did, and so yeah. they would they would have to do it. 
as a as a group and then bounce it down and then do two tracks and then do that you know keep it's doing wild. this thing so but wild, we don't man. have to do any of that no we're so spoiled now man and you know it's it's wild it's it's actually kind of gone to a point now i mean michael and i laugh because he like i'll record everything here in my studio right and then i'll send it to his studio which is basically in his house and then he'll mix and produce and then you know we're sitting there we're we're just chuckling thinking look how far it's all come where yeah we don't need to go to the big studio. It's such a misconception now with people that, you know, people believe that, oh, you've got to go to this monster studio yeah. to record these albums and stuff. You used to have to do that. Now the reality is if you, you know, if you've got 15, 20 years of recording experience under your belt, you can work with a pretty simple studio and you can yep. record some really, I mean, I mean, you shouldn't, I shouldn't say the years of experience. You, you might require way less. I'm just, just, just saying as a, a guesstimate, right. You know, you get all these chops and your experience, good technique down, simple studio, man's all you need. Good microphone, simple studio. You're all right, man. Yeah. And you know, it's funny too, that, I mean, not, I guess this is the advantage of people will tell me, you know, boy, maybe you shouldn't have done it that way. You know, friends, trying to give me advice and I'll think, Hey man, I, I don't have some huge fan base. That's going to be offended if I do it this way. And no, so, and, and, so with that, no. I'll do, I'll, I'll record stuff. And sometimes I'll be like, you know, I can go back and re-record my vocal tracks forever to make them perfect. But, but I learned at a certain point, I'm just killing time, man, because the next day, the third take sounds as good as the seventh take, which sounds as good oh, as yeah. the first take. And, oh, yeah. and, you know, we can punch in and fix small stuff. And it's like in that I learned, too, it's like it's simpler now, too, because I don't have to worry about this idea of perfection. And then you end up with music that feels more human anyway. It does. And, and you know, it's funny you say that, brother, because, like, I even noticed that the pendulum swings. Right. Uh, the wrong direction. It's like, there's, there's like, there's another serious question that pops up when you're recording music, which is at what point, like you said, at what point do you just let the fish swim? Because the yeah. thing is to re to recreate some, especially if you've got a good track yeah. and you're going to, you know, Oh, I know more. I've done that a million times or oh, I yeah. know more about this track now. So therefore I can lay it down with much yeah. more heart you're and soul so right. and it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be cool. And then I'll delete the original track and then I'll kick myself in the ass because yep. the original track was better than anything I could possibly muster up. It's anymore. so funny, man. I just, I, my, my kid uh, does the uh, mix on a lot of my songs at this point. Oh, cool. Right I on. just, yeah, I just, cause he's an EDM guy and he understands Sonics at a pretty heightened level. And so yeah, I played yeah. him this, I played him this song and he's always busting my chops for the mic that I use sometimes. And, uh, <laughs> And it's just an easy mic to grab. And I, 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 I go, Hey man, I want you to hear this song and let me know what you think. And it's a simple song. And I sang this really quiet thing yeah. because there were people sleeping around me. And it, I, it just, it's like, I know I would never be able to recreate this sound that I created that night. And yeah. I go, is this thing salvageable? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, I'll just do this and I'll do that. And I'll do that because I, I can go back and sing it. But there was a certain feeling to it that I will never, ever, ever be able to recreate. Yeah. 
exactly what you're talking about. Like I can scrap no, that and, and make it perfect, but it won't have this feel that I know is better. It won't have it. And I, I find it's, it's sometimes it's again, it's, it's, it's almost like that creative thing. It's like, if you yes, come down is. to the studio at the right time and it's flowing and that performance comes out, that's another thing that I'm not going to speak for other artists, but one thing I've really had to learn myself along the way is performance is a huge part of it, right? You know, it's like you, and, and what I mean by performances, the subjectiveness of it, the, um, that particular take, that particular lightning bolt of a moment that you're not going to get back tomorrow because maybe tomorrow you'll cut it and it will be exactly what you wanted it to be. It'll be that better track. Maybe. Yeah. It's what, and I've had that too, where I'm like, Oh yeah, now I've got this man. It's, it's mine. Right. And, and you nail it and it's, it's really good feeling and on, on you go. But no, it's, it's uh, there's, there's, you know, the performance factor, yeah. When it comes out of you, let's say the day before when it came out of you, you were having one of those spectacular creative days and it was just, it was flowing out of you, man. And you see, I nailed this take. Do you nail the take the next day because you're more familiar with it? Or right. Do you leave what you have because you're not going to get that performance again? Right. So yeah. I, I don't know, brother. It's, it's a tricky thing, isn't it? It's a, it's, it's a lot of fun though, man. I'll tell you that. Oh, is it ever, man? I, I can't stop. You know, I, it's, it's, you know, I'm a lifer. <laughs> no, I get it, man. Hey, you know what? That's, this is probably a great place to kind of call this uh, podcast to an end. I certainly have enjoyed talking to you. You're oh, a wonderful John. guy. You have Thank huge you, energy man. and it comes through, baby. Thank you, brother. I can't tell you how much I appreciate, dude, the, all the support. And uh, I hope we can keep going, man, because uh, I'm really digging Pluto Radio, man. I'm digging the vibe, man. It's really, I think you guys are really onto something very modern and very cool, man. And I think uh, I, I'm, I'm really glad to be on board, man. Thanks. Well, thank you. And also, let's not forget that you should remind people where they can find you in this internet jungle that we now live in. Well, you can check me out. Uh, so on Facebook under Chris Steven music, same with Instagram, Chris Steven music, Twitter uh, is uh, at Chris Steven one Oh one Chris Steven. If you just Google it, you'll get uh, I'm on Spotify, iTunes, Apple, uh, Pandora, all the major search streams, all the streams. Uh, I'm on all that stuff out there. Um, I guess that's about it, brother. Basically, so, you are everywhere, man. And I strong, uh, well, I'm trying, man. <laughs> I strongly <laughs> recommend to anyone who's taken the time to listen to this to take more time and listen to your vibe, man, because it's it's pretty freaking rock and roll cool, but Oh, uh, thanks, John. I thought, and, and right back at you, man. I'm really digging your vibe too, brother. And like I said, I'm really glad to be a part of this. And thanks for having me, man, for sure. You you are more than welcome, buddy. Thank you. Okay, peace, dude. Don't give up on me
Hey, this is Chris Steven, and you're listening to the Mobile Radio Carnival with your host, John Renault. Hey, you know what I really like is the simple fact the way you say mobile. I think that's the right way to say it, and very <laughs> few people say it that way, brother. Do you want me to say it mobile? No, I like it. Honestly, I'm being, <laughs> okay. I'm being straight with you, brother. I know in today's in today's world, we're so cynical. You're like, hey, that guy's fucking with me. No, no, no. I'm being honest with you. <laughs> I say it. I say it that way, and I don't think I've heard anyone else do it yet. And we're on episode 16. Uh, ah, shit, man. Uh, isn't that funny, man? Because uh, I'm like the, the mobile radio carnival, and people are like, what What the fuck are you saying? I'm saying I'm saying the word the right way, man. I'm saying the word the way. Bryant, yeah, I'm saying the word Chris Stevens says the word, so I know I'm saying it right now, bitch. <laughs> that's it, buddy. That's it, man. Toronto's that's, not far from Detroit, so there you go. That's it, for sure, man. Hey, yeah, dude, I, I cannot thank you enough for doing this. You, honestly, your energy is fabulous. Oh, thanks, Dan. You're yours too, man. Hey there, this is John. I want to thank everyone for listening to the Mobile Radio Carnival here at the CEF.world. I also want to say, hey, thanks, Chris, for being on the show. Thank you.